0: I still can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs>
1: and then I remember that I believe that the world
2: is flat. So I thought you were mania. I love earth, wind, and fire. It's I you do are not care. Brian apparently is yelling, we're going to the club. Yes, we're yes, going he, to it, the club. Give me a
0: break. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: this is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday only on BYU Radio. To
2: lead off Here's the double coverage interview of the week. Our next guest, we're very excited to have him on. We've had him on the phone a bunch, but he is a man who broke his wrist but still played in BYU's best win ever against Miami. guy who still fits in his jersey, apparently, without pads. (laughs) And he's one of the all-time interception leaders in BYU history, which brings us to our stat of the day.
3: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
2: Derwin Gray and Kainakua are tied for fourth all-time with 14 picks. His name is Derwin Gray, and he is in studio. Dewey, Derwin, it's great to have you in studio. Man.
4: Thank you. It's good, to, uh, it's good to be back home. You know, when you get older, uh, I actually appreciate BYU more now and experiences, and so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super. I haven't been this, this, ha- this happy in a long time.
2: Does it have to do with the back to back overtime wins? does that help well
4: you? <laughs> that that definitely helps and so you you know kind of like like when I look at games now, um, winning and losing isn 't the most important thing, but how you play is the most important thing and so when you play with passion and unrelenting effort and a sense of belief that you can feel, I could care less about the score now I like to win I like to win at everything, but I think what 's most important is how you go about what you go about and the way this team is able to harness this energy and this passion and this effort. That's what excites me, and so I think the byproduct is them being able to win. But the secret sauce is it seems like this uncommon belief, uncommon enthusiasm, and uncommon effort.
1: Do you do you think that having the win against Tennessee in overtime, and how they did that, increased the level of of passion? Because I almost feel like BYU has been, especially independence, you know, under Kalani, BYU has been in those situations before and doesn't go the, you know, the right way, and then the rest of the season, like, like you say, complete opposite of, yeah. of passion.
4: Yeah, so, so football, just like life, is about momentum, and so you build off of experiences. And so one of the reasons why I came to BYU way back in the day is because when I was a kid, I would watch Robbie Bosco. I was like, who's this Bosco dude? And somehow BYU would win. And so I'm seeing some of that old school magic in these, in these kids that transcends talent. Like, uh, I like to look at re- recruiting stuff, and uh, I guess Milne, number 82.
2: Dex Milne. Dex yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah,
4: like he caught a pass on a four star. Yeah. So, like, that transcends talent is when you believe, and everybody believes there's this uh, tangible energy that you can feel. And so um, that's what I'm excited about.
2: We're excited to have you back. Uh, you're going to run out of flag tomorrow. I am. With a couple am. of uh, notable guys. Mo Elwin-Neeby yep. who won the Outland. Ty I played, I played with on Mo. the next segment. Yeah. yeah. What an yeah. era, right? Um, oh, with, man. With those guys. It was nice. You, you, it was <laughs> nice. It was nice.
4: Man, we were some bad boys. <laughs> hey, we used to... Hey, um, you, you know, um, so Steve Smith, who played for the pa- the Panthers in that school up north, you know, he talks about, yeah, Utah, I'm like, dude, my freshman year, we're up on y'all 49 nothing. We scored 70. Like, y'all wasn't even a rivalry. What? Oh, <laughs> oh, man, we had 49 on them at halftime. Like, Coach Edwards felt bad for him. He put in, like, people in the stands to play. This is all, this is all new to me. I didn't, oh, know, bruh, I didn't hey, know we could score 70. Bruh, hey, oh, we used to beat them so bad, it was ridiculous. Like, it wasn't even a rivalry. This is it was unfair for a while there. Yeah. Is,
1: I was I was on the last team that
2: beat Utah in 0-9.
4: That's what's so. up. That's I, what's up. You know,
2: I, I, I wish that wasn't the case. Yeah. I'm, That'll end it, soon yeah. enough. Yeah, it will. It will. Yeah, It will. Yeah. Yeah. It will. Yeah. Uh, you tweeted out a photo of uh, you and your jersey. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that.
4: Well, so, yeah. So, when I was here, when when I wore that jersey, I was like 187. I'm like. 260 now so life has been good my wife's been (laughs) feeding me good you know so what I like to say is I'm pleasantly thick at this particular juncture uh, and so I put the jersey on and it was tighter without pads than it was when I had it on with pads but I've grown in my capacity since then not only intellectually but in my flesh
1: I like to call it physical maturity.
4: Physical I like that. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, like I'm a lot more mature these yeah. days. Then there's just yeah. more of me for my wife to love. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: what it is. Exactly. You, you can take that one too. Yeah. Brand it yourself. Don't you brand it, done.
4: Yep. <laughs> now, how old are you? I'm thirty one. Oh yeah. You got okay. about you got about six more years of abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he <laughs>
5: has abs. He's, oh, I can I can tall. tell. Like you can I can see, you can, see through. I, I can already
4: tell. So, that's judge, that's judge, the way I used to look. Judge, that's a judge. oh dude, yeah. that's serious. Yeah. Now I yeah. used to look like that, but something your metabolism slows down. You start getting kids, and then at night you stress eat with ice cream.
1: So and they, then it just, they, just they happens. Make they, they make fun of me all the time because they, they say how I eat is going to catch up with me. I always have. Yeah, I've never said bro. That's fruit snack. I always have fruit snacks, gushers, just yeah. Gummy so, worms. so,
4: hey man, let me let me tell you, I was there. So I was looking through a scrapbook, and from like '93, one of the things in the paper was Derwin's gray sculpted chest should be a, a statue in the Joseph Smith Field, field, field House. I'm, I'm, no, seriously, I got I got the proof. Like I'm, I'm the, like this is your future, <laughs> pleasantly thick. This is it. Oh, okay. it's, it. Okay. It's, it's good, man. It's good. It's, uh, it's a wonderful
2: life. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about what you've been up to post-BYU, an accomplished career. And you've talked a lot about it, but like, hey, I would have never thought I'd, I'd be here. Oh, what, what did BYU do for you and, and I guess, help you accomplish?
4: <laughs> well, the first thing is in 1989, Coach Edwards came down to my high school at Converse Judson right outside of San Antonio. I hadn't passed my ACT yet. And we had a conversation, and he says, I believe in you and I believe you're going to pass this test. And it took me three tries to get 16. And and each of the tests, I never scored 16, but they combined the scores and various parts of it for me to get get, get it on the last try. So that let me know once, that moment let me know that he cared about me not just as a player but as a person. And so I came to BYU as a compulsive stutterer, uh, I mean straight out the hood, and um, I left here married, Left here, um, going from a kid that was slightly recruited to having a phenomenal career. By the way, I didn't know I was as good as I was when I was here.
1: Yeah, you, are you, you know, you're the only DB or the last DB drafted yeah. to get drafted. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. The last DB. Yeah, to be yeah drafted. man. Like so, so,
4: so like when I watched my film, I was like. I had no idea I was that good, <laughs> and, and and so um, you know had a phenomenal career, but but the relationships, you know, Coach Edwards and Patty, uh, his wife, they sent my wife and I Christmas cards every year since 1993, and she sent one last year, mm-hmm. and so at BYU um, I learned um, so much about life. Um, I came here as a kid who really didn't care about school, and now I got like two doctorates. Um, I've written four books. I'm writing five, uh, books, five and six. I'm a pastor. I speak around the world. I mean, I was a compulsive stutterer here. I mean, a stutterer. So if somebody would have told me, you know, Hey, uh, after you're done with your career, you would be a pastor. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what a pastor is. I ain't (laughs) even got a Bible. Like, you know, I, I I didn't, have a Bible. And so BYU has been really, really good to me. And that's why I'm loyal and bleed blue, because it's more than just what happened on the field. It's the relationships that I still have, you know, uh, with with Tony Crutchfield and Irvin Lee and and Ty. And uh, I mean, Ty and I used to go fishing like all the time you know, both San Antonio boys, and we'd go find somewhere to fish. And so I'm just appreciative of men like Dick Felt who, who coached me. Tom Homo, he used to let me wear his Super Bowl ring, and I'd be like, oh, man, he goes, you know what, one of these days you may have one if you work hard. Mm. And so so many great experiences. And, and when you're young, you can't really fully grasp it. But when you look back, it actually gives you energy in the present because you go, wow, that was amazing.
2: Is it a WAC championship ring? Oh now? yeah,
4: yep, yep. I got I got four of these WAC championship rings. I gave three of them away, and I kept one. And so I wear this often because it's more than just the wins. You know, it's a, a Lima fatissimanu My sophomore year, in the middle of the Washington State game, he looks at me and goes, "Man, you're a leader." You know, it, and he's it's, on the
2: staff now. He's I know. Like, yeah.
4: I know. And um, so, like, it's more than that. It's it's. Um, it's the relationships. It's the lessons you learned. Um, it's just the experiences of growing up. So I feel like I've come home.
1: And and, and what would you – so, you know, you and I are, are similar, um, you know, black, not LDS. And I have a – you know, I had a similar experience. Um, still here, obviously, you know, from the Bay Area. And I I try as much as I can to tell, you know, kids from back home or when kids are, are being recruited um, just all the, the, the blessings and all the great things I got from it and how mature I've become. But there's always, you know, obviously yeah. just some of those questions that they're a little bit nervous or concerned with. What would you say to them, um, you know, as they're going through, you know, maybe some of the, the concerns or challenges? of?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's just pretend that I was a coach on staff and uh, he was a player, like he's your son and you're the mom. I wouldn't even talk to him. I would come directly to mom and I would say, mom, let me tell you about the opportunities that BYU will help your son not only be a great football player, but get a world class education. But there are moral frameworks that are going to help him be the man that you would want your daughter to marry. And so it's not just about making it to the NFL because the NFL stands for not for long, but who are you after that? And so here at BYU, there is a moral framework that will help you achieve your goals, not just on the field, not just in the classroom, but also to be the kind of man that you would be proud of in your son. And you got great football tradition. You got world-class facilities and you got world-class people. This is a great opportunity.
2: Dude, why are you recruiting backup kickers is the real question. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. wait. We're (laughs) We're
1: no longer calling the honor code the honor code. We're saying it's a moral framework.
2: Yeah, the moral framework. Yeah,
4: it is a, it is, you know, and so even as a evangelical pastor from a moral perspective, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want their children to live that type of life? Like, I'm in the process of writing a book on happiness. And here's the thing. Happiness isn't good things happening to you. It's becoming good. Yeah. Mm hmm. you can't control what happens to you. You No, you can't. You can only control what you can control. But our culture says happiness is this external thing when in reality happiness is an internal transformation as a good God makes you a good person in
2: this world. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think we talk sports in here somewhere, but I don't really care. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all good. Well, it's great to have you back on campus. Excited for you to run out that flag tomorrow. And uh, do you mind signing our flag over here?
4: Yeah, I would would love to sign your flag. And I'm just letting you all know now that when I run out that flag – I'm coming out the gate. I might, <laughs> well, I might, listen, l- 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 listen, I'm stretching. Are you, I mean, wearing, you, are you wearing sweats? Like, Man, you, I, listen, got, listen, I'm wearing sweats. You got cleats? Get cleats. Hey, I'm, oh, cleats and a sweet towel. I'm a, <laughs> a, hey, listen, I'm a defensive back. You know, I'm going to have a sweet rag and don't let me find some eye black Oh. because I'm putting on, listen, if I pull the right hamstring, I'm still going. When I pull the left, the left hamstring, <laughs> I'm still going. And then I'm just going to dive like I'm reaching for the pylon. And if I, I get trampled by the team, it's worth it. I'm going in. let hope this doesn't happen. All
2: right. Y'all want me to sign us? Yeah. Okay. yeah, right now would be great. Okay. Derwin Ooh, Gray. Hey, man. Oh, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff.
3: That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. On BYU Radio. Look good, feel good, play good, Jason. BYU is
0: implementing that philosophy this week with the throwback uniform honoring the 60s and 70s. The fullback, Yes. And a field to match. What is your reaction now that you've had essentially 24 hours to think about these uniforms and the field to come on Saturday? It's the same thing when I originally saw it. I was super
5: impressed and excited. I love this. Look, BYU, for the most part, and I understand why, because their logo is is fairly iconic. I mean, it's very recognizable. Everything stays pretty consistent in terms of that. So you don't see a lot of variations. So the mere fact that there's just a little bit of a change is very exciting. Then you actually look at the design and the fact that it's, it's throwing back to decades ago. I love the look. I love the white and the royal. And, and, and the helmet, I think, is fantastic. I'll tell you the thing I'm most excited about is the design in the end zones. I absolutely love that design, so much so that I think that could become a signature look for BYU, like, like what Tennessee has with the checker. I, I think that's something that BYU could keep in, moving forward, and that would be a, something that would set Lavelle Edwards Stadium apart with that look.
0: I love it. See, I think that, as yeah, as interesting as the throwback uniforms are, if BYU could implement different field designs each and every week, that would keep things very interesting. I like the skinny, big block letters that BYU played with when they beat Miami when Ty Detmer was the quarterback. Or sometimes when you paint the B and the Y and the U in that navy blue to give it that look, and there's a navy blue Y that's painted in the middle of the field. I like that stuff. I, I like changing it up. But here's the thing, as great as it is to have new uniforms and a wide-out and as aesthetically pleasing as it's all going to be, the real juice in the stadium comes from winning. Sure. And fans are going to show up because BYU has beaten Tennessee and they have beaten USC and now they have a chance at Washington.
5: Here's the other here's the other real real quick on this. You and I growing up, things pretty much stayed the same. You didn't see a lot of variations. Every uniforms pretty much stayed the same. Today's generation, they like things changing. Look, I mean, Oregon is a perfect example, and I think they take it too far with all of their combinations, but everybody loves the, the uniform changes and things changing every year or two. That's just the way this generation likes to have sports and the apparel of sports for it to be constantly changing. I think it looks really cool.
0: Yeah, you need it in moderation. You just needed a moderator. Did I sound really old there, calling it this generation? <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get
5: guys. off my lawn, you people that like
2: to switch up your unis. When good things happen, it's nice to point in the direction of those who made those things happen. We're going to do that right now with what goes on not only with marketing, but the retro unis and helmets and socks and field. And that man's name is David Almodova, uh, and he is on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, David. Thanks,
6: guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Okay. I know it takes a long time to make things happen that matter. So what went into this (laughs) retro uni, socks, jerseys, field, helmet, all this this weekend?
6: So a lot of conversations over the years. Um, We knew a few years ago from Tom, our athletic director, that this would be the 150th year of college football. A few years ago you played this. Absolutely. Wow. So we started talking having early discussions and um, obviously we wanted to pinpoint a game that we would do a lot more than for the rest of the season and so the Washington game was one that we looked at as far as doing a throwback game and so conversations started taking place a few years ago. Um, It takes a while to get the jerseys made and you know the way Nike operates it just takes a lot of time and so working with a lot of different people. Mick Hill, our equipment director, um, he was heavily involved, um, obviously, and, you know, with Coach and, and everybody else that's involved with this.
1: How's that like with, with Nike? I always wanted to get a better idea of that. You know, is it you guys come in and say, look, we want it like this. Here's some designs that I had on a napkin. You know, <laughs> right. That's where it starts, right? So, it starts. so. so yeah, so, so how does, how does that, uh, that conversation go?
6: Yeah, so just, you know, we have X amount of c- color combinations that we can wear. And so um, as we talk with Nike, and, and usually that's done with Mick and with Tom and Brian, and so they'll have those earlier conversations that take place years before. Mm. And so it was as you rotate through uniforms, as you rotate, rotate through jerseys and colors, um, obviously the white one, when Kalani was hired, that was one of the first things we had talked about is bringing the white jersey with royal, mm. ro- royal colors back. And mm. so that started, I mean, he's been there four years now. So
2: well, yeah. What are those uh, color combinations, by the way? Royal, navy, white? Is that it, or is is black out of the mix? Is that still a thing? Currently. Currently out of the mix. Currently. Okay. Okay. It was in there a few years ago. When are we going to see the Royal Helmet? Tans out, right? No tan? Tans out. Thank you. Tans out. <laughs> <There's> th- <laughs> Whenever I've seen anything with tan, I'm like, please. <laughs> There's tan. Please, no. Oh, back in the. Oh, in the- yeah, it's a. It before was a, you got here. It right? was a dark okay. time. Uh, okay. It was a okay. really dark That's time. That's weird, tan. Yeah. Okay, so who came up with it, this specific design for? And they, and let's, let's be specific. It's not like 1964, it's 60s right. and 70s, right? Right. It
6: was a combination of, of the logo and what transpired back in the 60s Um, we had a committee put together as far as how we would roll this out and how we wanted the helmet to look so it's just tying back to the 60s and previous to that and so it was just with the helmet tying into the 150 years of college football the jersey we haven't worn that jersey in 20 years and so let's bring that back um the socks the socks uh, were, were brought back in the 70s and 80s, and Mick uh, had those socks shipped and actually had to be stitched. The company that made the socks back in the 70s is the same company that made the socks for our game on Saturday. Wow. How did we track that down? That's incredible. Mick Hill. Mick Hill tracked Mick Hill. it down. Absolutely.
2: How did do we, do we get some of those socks? Exactly. Mick. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm
6: trying to find that out, too. <laughs>
2: exactly. How about the field? Because there's field. kind of these retro diamonds and blue, yep. right?
6: So that was an end zone that we used back in the 60s as well. And so again, meeting with our committee, meeting with our grounds crew to make sure we could do this. You know, it's a tight turnaround from last week's game, so with the field, so they're doing some magic to the field as of right now, as we speak.
1: So this is this is like a, a, a whole theme thing because usually we it's hear, concessions like, too, yeah. right? And Absolutely. Stuff, right? So with
6: concessions, uh, they're doing a two-dollar hot dog. It's regularly four dollars, so they've dropped it. You know, fifty percent off. What? And so we'll have the hot dogs.
1: But the food standards will be 2019, right? Yes. <laughs> they yes. <will> be 1963.
6: <laughs> yeah. We couldn't bring everything down to 50 cents and a dollar.
1: <laughs> so should, should, like, fans, should they come, like, dressed in, like, 60s,
2: 70s?
6: Hey, 50s, 40s, 30s. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do But that. just in white. It's a white house. So. Okay.
2: And we okay. should mention Cougar Canyon's been a smash hit, by the way. Congratulations on that. I know that's taken years for you guys to organize. And this weekend, Ty Detmer... Mo Elowinibi, Jason Buck are back with their trophies. I mean, this is pretty cool.
6: Yeah, so we'll have Mo and Jason both, you know, we're Outland Trophy winners. Uh, Mo hasn't been back to campus since... He played here.
2: Oh, oh this wow. is awesome. So wow. he's coming
6: back. He's bringing two of his kids with him. And so Moe and Jason will be on Cougar Canyon with the Outland Trophy uh, for photo opportunities. Nice. Um, Ty will be with the Heisman Trophy and the Cougar Club tent. That's just adjacent to Cougar Canyon. So Ty will be there as well. Also, Duran Gray's Grace coming back to oh, run, out, run out the flag. Love it. Um,
2: Kozlowski will be here as well doing some oh, other things. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love Glenn. Yep. He tried to kiss me on the show one time. That was fun. Yeah. yeah.
6: So a lot going on. You know, game programs are also throwback. Um, cool. A lot of the graphics that we've done. There'll be some in-stadium graphics on the video board that we're taking back in time, nice. not nice. black and white. We're gonna, still going to go color on the video It'll board. Be color. Okay. We'll also have some throwback music going on throughout the stadium. Cool. as well. Nice. So. This is exciting.
2: Yeah. Re- congratulations on Cougar Canyon on the throwbacks. A uh, lot of juice and it helps when BYU wins, doesn't it? Matt?
6: Absolutely. No. Absolutely.
2: Okay. Awesome, David. Appreciate the time, man. Thank you. You want to sign our Cougar flag? Have we? Have you <laughs> ever signed that? Have you signed that? Have you signed it?
1: I don't think I have. Let's to. have you sign
7: it. All right. I don't go. know why we got. Hey, went. I got right, hey, right point, two points right? for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The
2: game where we don't keep score, but go ahead. Yeah, I know. Oh, we do now. The best
3: of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation.
0: It's time that we play Hot or Not. Takes, Presented by Delta Airlines, keep
3: climbing. Number one. Let's start here, guys. Hot or not, take. BYU will be ranked in the top 25 with a win versus
2: UW on Saturday. Not hot. This is going to happen. If BYU beats Washington on Saturday, they will not only be in the top 25, they'll be in the top 20.
0: Yes, this is, this is easy. It's clear. Not a hot take. BYU will absolutely be ranked if they beat Washington. No no question. This is, uh, I mean, the coals have burned out. It's not not hot. It's,
2: it's actually logical. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Number two, Ben.
2: Don't let logic
3: get in the way of a good argument. Number two, hot or not, take.
2: BYU could run the table if they beat Washington. This is a hot take. BYU is this close to being 0-3. They still have some challenging games on the schedule. BYU will lose multiple games this season. Even after Washington, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a hot take. It's very hot. What will BYU be health-wise after the first four? That's the issue. Remember, that's my one of my main concerns, not only in, in playing tough teams up front, is you get banged up. BYU's banged up. Even if BYU
0: weren't playing four Power Fives up front, what's the health after week four? I mean, it, it's just football is a physical game. But people it's more get,
2: physical when you're people playing. People get hurt. Who BYU's playing?
0: That's a hot yeah. take because we don't know what BYU will be after the first four.
3: Next. Hot or not? Well, by the way, ESPN's FBI has BYU favored in every game after Washington. So maybe not a hot take. Yeah, you know. and they
2: were super accurate on uh, Tennessee and USA. <laughs>
3: hey, yes.
2: Hey, hot or not, take. BYU win nine plus games this season. I'll say not. I think they've got a shot at nine. Um, at this point, since they're two and one in the first three, if BYU wins and they're three and one, BYU will get to nine if they win Saturday. If they don't, they still have a shot. I think eight and four is probably where BYU lands.
0: Uh, clearly, I think this is not a hot take because I said BYU would go seven and two in the final nine, and if you combine the seven with the two wins they already have, that's nine in the regular season. Not a hot take. Number four, last one,
3: hot or not? Take. <laughs> Tyson Williams will rush for 1,000 yards
2: this season. Not. Uh, he's pacing for 945 at the moment, 79 a game. He'll get 1,000 with the bowl game, or perhaps before. I think he'll get a game where he rushes for 150, and then it will offset that average. I, I absolutely think this is not Tyson Williams will rush for 1,000 yards. Okay,
0: so I think this is a little spicy, because, but we're including the bowl game? Are we, we're including a bowl game.
2: I, th- I think it'll happen in the regular season. He's pacing for okay. 945 in the regular See, season. See, I
0: think that with a bowl game, Tyson Williams will reach 1,000. But I was going off of the regular season alone. Yeah, I don't know how much workload he's going to get in games against Idaho State and Liberty late. It enough, might be Lopini Enough to Katoa. get at least
2: 80 yards?
0: I don't know. If he's not needed, maybe, maybe he's banged up. Maybe they want to rest him. I don't know. I don't know. So I think with the bowl game, yes. But in the regular season, it's a little spicy. It's a little hot.
2: If he does not get 1,000 before the bowl game, underachieved. Really? Given how good he is? Yes. Oh, he's We're great. talking about him getting 20 touches. He's
0: great. But what if they want to give him a game off just to rest? Then that, gonna, could have, that could affect something They're not going to give like him a this. game
2: off to rest unless he's hurt.
0: Well, he's a power five. He's, he's playing four power fives to begin. Maybe he's a little bit. He's used up. to playing eight or nine. All right. Okay. All right. All right.
2: Yeah, when he was hurt. Then he did. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Drew Brees is out for six weeks with a torn ligament in his thumb for the New Orleans Saints. What does this mean for former Cougar quarterback uh, Taysom Hill? Well, yesterday, head coach Sean Payton said he's going into this week's game in Seattle with two quarterbacks, Ooh-y. Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. Brian, is it time for Taysom in New Orleans? Man, it's been time. It's been what, time. What? He's not supposed to start over it's Drew Brees. He's supposed to start over Drew Brees. Get out of here. When he was I a freshman at BYU. <laughs> when <he> was, what? <laughs> you say some crazy <laughs> stuff. That's
1: look, right out look, there. Look, um, I, I, so personally, right, when you look at how this offense is set up and how they use Taysom, um, do you really think that they can use him to his abilities, how they've been doing, playing special teams, you know, putting him out at receiver, multiple positions, can you really do that? Can you afford to do that when you know he's the, the backup quarterback, right? You, well, he's been the third string. Right. He's, he's, now he's been the third string. So if he gets hurt doing all of these different things, well, I still, have, I still have a number two in Teddy Bridgewater. But now if I put him, you know, in, in doing all these things, if he gets hurt, who's my backup? And so because he made such an impact, and you saw what he did in, in the preseason, um, and all the buzz and all the hype, as a quarterback, you know, trying to leverage the player that you have or, or any player to get the most out of them, I think you have to put him at quarterback. So it makes sense uh, for, you know, Coach Payton to come into this saying, look, it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a battle right now. We're going to go into this thing with, with two quarterbacks, you know, and whoever wins, whoever looks the best is going to get the most snaps. And so it makes sense for me from that perspective, being able to utilize him to his fullest
2: capabilities. Yeah, it depends what you want to do with him. Do you want him to have the ball in his hands a lot, or do you want the yeah. versatility that he brings in all those utility positions? What I would hate if I was Taysom Hill is to be punished because I'm good at all the other positions. Right. Give me a shot at quarterback. The Saints are paying Teddy Bridgewater too much money to not give him a chance to be the starter. If I'm the Saints, I play Teddy Bridgewater first. So I hate politics. And and here and well. You're paying him. Use him, right? So Taysom's cheap right now. He won't be as cheap after Don't this get. year when he's a uh, free agent. But this is also a tough situation because last week it happened in a game against the Rams, a tremendous defense. You're way far away from home on the road, right? Now you're playing at Seattle, the arguably the toughest place to play in the NFL, um, in yeah. Seattle against my Seahawks. Like, that's going to be hard. Yeah. Ziggy is going to be chasing down Taysom Hill, by the way. That's going to be fun. In this game, that's which is kind of fun. That's going to be really fun. Some teammates from well, uh, 2012. He, he could
1: never, ever touch him. You know, you, can't touch you, the you still
2: can't touch it, <laughs> Right? That's I, a good one. I, I think is it Taysom time for New Orleans? I would give it a game or two. If I'm the Saints, I let Teddy Bridgewater do his thing. If Me, not, like you, to, you let him mess up. Perhaps, right? No. And and throw Teddy in against Seattle. <laughs> and if he's not good, I know the Bowie fans probably want Taysom Hill right now. It makes more sense to let Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that's played in the NFL, yeah. has been a starter, to at least see if he can't be the guy. Uh, but I'm excited to see how they're going to use him. Uh, Reggie Bush tweeted the following yesterday. I can't wait to see how Sean Payton uses Taysom Hill this weekend. He's the human Swiss Army knife and a threat no matter where he is on the field. He's a blue-collar type of player and always plays with a chip on his shoulder. Hashtag punch the clock. Mm. So no matter what, Taysom Hill's going to have an increased role, I think, in this yeah, situation. For sure. Whether it's under center or not, we shall see. Yeah! That's right. Hey, That's uh, right, Crown Butler. Question of the day, what will this year's uh, Washington versus BYU game be different than last year. Why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and The gram. at the Cougs Are Out on Twitter. Run the ball. Keep U Dub offense off the field. Make game a war of attrition. On defense, keep UW in front of you like they did against SC. Win on a bootleg play action. Or turnovers. So schematically, perhaps, it'll be different? Is that uh, yeah, the answer that's, that's, that's,
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at.
2: I think BYU's been pretty sound the last couple of weeks. I do think Washington, however, is a tougher challenge than Tennessee and USC. So BYU's yeah. shown to be good enough in overtime to win. Let's see if they can continue to bring it this way.
1: I will be convinced after this game right here. If I, BYU I, wins? I, the last three games on, on AFR and even Countdown, I've said I've given it to Tennessee, the win Tennessee, mm. given the win even to pick,
2: USC. What, What'd you do on AFR this
1: week? I gave you to Washington. Okay, you know I need and one more good week. Luck for BYU. I need no. It's not game even. Day against everybody's Brian saying that, all, the,
2: against all the, fans, the line against.
1: Nah, man. Nope. Nope. It's not even. No reverse, <laughs> karma. No, nothing like that's how I feel. It's how I believe. Right. So, but it's going well for BYU. So, so like, continue to do it. If it, if it yes, yes, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. Trust, but but verify is what I trust. trust but verify. <laughs> that's what my mother always taught me. <laughs> so this game will help
3: me to not only trust but also verify. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday.
2: During the summer, we chatted with them, and the conversation was so good, we had to bring them back the week of Washington. Our next guest uh, played at Washington, played in the NFL. His name is Damon Heward, and he joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Damon, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation.
7: Yeah, Thanks for having me.
2: Your brother Brock, I think, played BYU all four years, but you never got a shot of the Cougars, right?
7: I did not, Nope. I, I, I've been there as a, a radio uh, broadcaster there in 2010 when you guys got after us, but... Uh, yeah, I never had the opportunity to play against
2: you guys. Hey, Brian, I was on that. I was. On Brian that played on that team, so fresh memories for uh, Brian Logan. Yeah, yeah that's probably the smallest on the field that you've probably ever seen. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> <quarter>. Brian, Brian's 5'6 <laughs> at corner, Damon. So, yeah, it was a fun day.
7: Well, he got after us that day for sure. Definitely.
2: Let's talk about this matchup. So, certainly last year plays into this year, but it also doesn't. Um, it's interesting because uh, a lot of personnel is different. Obviously, a new starting quarterback for each team. But similar in that BYU was feeling pretty good going into that game at Seattle, like right now. BYU last year was three and one, ranked twentieth. BYU two and one, not ranked, but uh, receiving votes and coming off of two notable overtime wins. How do you feel about this matchup in 2019
7: now? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup for the dogs for sure. Uh, anytime going down there to that hostile environment, playing at the altitude, uh, going to be a mid-afternoon day, so probably some heat involved. Um, so there's just a lot of challenges, and you're coming off playing a team, coming off two big wins in overtime against two-story programs. So, you know, the confidence is running high uh, down there. So it's going to be a great challenge. And, you know, as young as our football team is, we haven't been on the road uh, first time this year. Um, a lot of young guys, again, playing uh, in an environment they haven't been involved in before. So there's certainly some challenges, but this is a very talented Husky team. They can get it done. But it's going to be a four-quarter fight for sure.
1: Damien with the expectations coming into this year and you know the loss against uh, Cal, looking at BYU and what they've done the last couple of weeks, what's the confidence level like with the fans and the community um, of how Washington will, will play BYU?
7: Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to say. There was certainly some disappointment after the Cal game for sure. Um, it was such a strange night. We had a two-hour and 40-minute uh, lightning delay, and it never we never have weather like that here in, in Seattle, so just an odd deal. Didn't play good in the second half and, and lost that football game, but I love the way that we bounced back last week and got after Hawaii. You know, Hawaii had beaten two Pac-12 teams. They were 2-0. and Now, Hawaii at home is not the same as Hawaii away from home, but um, I just love the way we played and just completely dominated that game. Uh, Got that bad taste out of your mouth from the cow uh, disappointment. So I think this team is feeling pretty good about itself, but they certainly know the challenge, uh, you know, at bay here this weekend.
2: Let's talk about the quarterbacks in this game. Obviously, the hometown kid has returned, and Jacob Eason, and after a redshirt year and transfer from Georgia, he's been the guy and has played pretty well the uh, first three games, throwing for 70% plus completion percentage, and seven TDs and one pick. Meanwhile, there's Zach Wilson, who, as a sophomore, is becoming uh, quite the playmaker for BYU and has a couple of Power Five wins now. What do you think of that matchup at quarterback?
7: Yeah, it's a great matchup. Two really outstanding quarterbacks. Um, you know, Jacob's. Played awesome here his first three weeks as a starter. You know, all the hype, the attention. I think he's lived up to it for sure. He's been very accurate, consistent, made some big-time throws. Um, You're not going to believe the arm talent of this kid when you see him in person. I mean, he can throw it like few people on the planet. Um, I mean, just a rocket of an arm. And and really, pretty good mobility too, for his size um, now zach wilson super super impressed with this kid uh, as well, you know kind of a dual threat guy, uh, his suddenness i mean he he creates so many missed tackles in the open field and and uh, when he's in rhythm, he can make. You know, he's really accurate on all levels. Has great touch on the deep ball. So um, you know, this is this has the potential to be a, a real shootout in some ways uh, because of the play at quarterback with both these guys.
1: Damon, for for Zach to have success um, against the the Washington defense on Saturday, what, what do you think needs to happen uh, from him? Is he going to get it done more through the air or? Uh, on the ground running, or maybe a little bit of both.
7: Well, you know this Husky defense is really good. I know we had a lot of new starters, and you saw, you know, Cal, you know, got had a nice drive at the end of that game to, to, to beat us. But um, you know, we, we just don't give up much. You know, we are so fundamentally sound. Um, you know, he can't he can't force the football against the secondary. If he's going to have a chance, he's going to take what what the defense gives him. And, uh, and yeah, probably beat him with his legs because, um, you know, like I said, it's a very sound, um, you know, like I said, they keep everything in front of them, and they're just really, really good on the back end. And then, you know, defense, the front seven, um, you know, they're, they're very gap sound and they just they don't give up a lot of big plays. So, um, you know, yeah, for him to, to have success and score a bunch of points, he's just going to have to be very patient.
2: Talking to Damon Hewitt on uh, BYU Sports Nation, former Husky and NFL quarterback, now the radio analyst for the Huskies. Uh, Some evidence of what you were saying last year, the top two teams in the country in plays allowed a 40-plus were Washington with one allowed all year and BYU with four. Hmm. Now, uh, Washington has allowed one this year and BYU has allowed three, so maybe behind that schedule. But uh, Washington hasn't allowed 35 points in a game in 59 straight. Damon, that's crazy. What is it about this Washington group that has allowed them to lead the Pac 12 in scoring and total defense the last four years.
7: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt we've had really good players, but, you know, players come and go. The, the great consistency has been the continuity and the coaching staff, you know, on that defensive side of the ball. Jimmy Lake, Pete Bob Gregory have all been here. For the Pete, Chris Peterson tenure, you know, year six now, uh, Keiko Malloy's done a great job as a line coach, a former dog, and so they've recruited well. But then they just coach them up, and we have a scheme. I think it's a little unique, a little bit different. People, oh, it's just cover three, it's just cover one, but no, it's just it's it's really awesome the way they match up. With routes and, um, and that's teaching and coaching. And, and they just see it all unfold. And, uh, they're where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there. We're a great tackling team. You know, if you came out and watched a Husky practice for two hours, they're honestly kind of boring. Yeah, there's some team periods and some seven on seven, which is what you want to watch. But there are so many periods of fundamentals and drills. When they're working on tackling and they backpedal, and you know, kick balls and all these things, and um, it just shows up in their play. And they just don't give up big plays. They don't give up a lot of points. They might bend sometimes, but it's so hard to score in the red zone. And um, it just, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an incredible defense.
1: Damian, let's let's move to the offensive side of the ball and uh, give us some some playmakers to to look out for on Saturday's game.
7: Well, you know, obviously the quarterback Jacob Eason with the big arm, you know, he's gonna st- stick out like a sore thumb and he's a big dude, all six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds of him. Hunter Bryant's probably our best player on the perimeter, a tight end kind of hybrid guy. You know, he's up six two, two hundred and forty pounds. and can absolutely fly for his size. Um, Savon Ahmed is a is a kid uh, running the football that uh, you has know, electrical speed and we get him the ball in space too. Chico McClatcher has been a big playmaker for us for a long time, was injured last year. He's kind of find, starting to find his groove as another playmaker in the slot for us. And we've got a young running back in Richard Newton who um, has done a lot of neat stuff here these first three weeks. Just a big physical load, redshirt freshman, going to be a great player. So, um, yeah. There's, there's certainly some playmakers uh, on the perimeter, but the strength of this offense is probably the offensive line. No one really wants to talk about those guys, but you know, four out of five starters back from a year ago, and Trey Adams, and Nick Harris, and Jared Hilbers, these are big, powerful guys. Jackson Kirkland is freshman All-American, so um, really, really good group uh, up front on the offensive line that, that anchors this football team.
2: Well, Damon, we look forward to a great matchup uh, this Saturday, and then uh, you'll have a lot of BYU fans uh, rooting for the Huskies on November 2nd against Utah as well. (laughs) I love it. The best of BYU
3: Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU
2: Radio. Last season, before the Cougars played number eleven Washington, we had a similar feeling to this. BYU was three and one, ranked twentieth, flying high, a game off a historic win at number six Wisconsin. Yep. Then the Cougars lost thirty five seven in a disappointing performance in Seattle. Yep. Now this season, the Huskies are ranked twenty second, feeling good. BYU feeling good coming off of two overtime Power 5 wins against historic programs, one of which was ranked in USC last week. So, Brian, why will this year's matchup with Washington be different than last year? I think the, the number one thing is confidence and the swag,
1: right? And, you know, we kind of thought that BYU had that last year after beating Wisconsin. But when you look at the situation this year and you, you're you coming off of back-to-back overtime wins, praise God for overtime, Um you have a little bit more confidence and you have more, I would say, mental toughness, right? Because you can battle through adversity. And so when you play these big-time schools and, and, and the branded names, if something goes bad, if you have a turnover, whatever the case is, you kind of already you know, start getting down and you start switching your mentality You're like, oh, here we go. And what we saw these last two weeks, you know, that didn't happen with BYU. So I think that's the, the, the main thing. Um, when you look at a lot of the younger players that had to play last uh, last year due to injury, um, those guys are – they have a lot more experience, right? And, and, these, and those guys are actually making plays, right? We saw that throughout the year last year towards the end and, uh, you know, continuing this year. Um, and then it's home field advantage. I would never have thought I would say this, you know, uh, I guess this early or when you consider how the fans have showed up the last couple of years – Uh, how BYU has played at home the last couple years. But when you look at last week and how the fans stormed the field and the excitement and the buzz that's around the team, the community right now, I think for the first time in a while, that home field advantage
2: will help this BYU football team. Nice. Yes. Epic. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I I agree on those fronts. I think it will be noticeably different because of our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Washington lost nine starting players on defense. That group's always really good. You dancing with us? Nice. (laughs) Yes. You should get in the electric slide. Always with the, in the locker room. This
1: is the first time you actually notice this, man. You, Spencer, Jason, you guys never notice. I always dance with the beat. I always
2: notice. I just didn't realize <laughs> it. <laughs> I think that'll be a big difference, right? Washington is always a good defense. I think they're a good defense again. It's just how good. It's hard to know, right? Yeah. They'll probably have several NFL players from this group, right? They're awesome. Also, the starting quarterbacks are different. I think Zach Wilson is significantly better than Tanner Mangum yeah. from last year. And, uh, second, and second
1: year in the offense, right? Right. The entire, all the players exactly. right, have a little exactly. bit more
2: experience there. Yep. Ten, ten starts under Zach's belt, right? Uh, Jacob Beeson has been tremendous uh, this year. The Georgia transfer from Seattle back home, right? But who they play, though? <laughs> They haven't played uh, a ton of tough competition. <laughs> right, Sorry, First road game. The running back situation is different. BYU has a totally new running back, right? Yep. Um, MLP got hurt in this game last year. He's healthier going into this game with Matt Bushman. There's
1: there there really no number two like, receiver, right? I mean, Bushman was kind of the guy. It was Bushman, it was Bushman and Lupini
2: and... Kato had a nice receiving day. But I, I, I think uh, you know, Miles Gaskin was the number one for Washington. Savan Ahmed had a great game. 8.6 yards of carry and two touchdowns against BYU. He's now the number one. Yeah. So Tyson Williams, I think, plays a big role in this game. Yeah. I think the BYU defense is opportunistic. They forced four takeaways the last two games. That's been a huge story for BYU. I think it will be different. I don't I don't think either team's going to blow the other out. Um, if anything, I think this is going to be another close one. I think it's fair to think that Washington probably wins this game by a touchdown or maybe even... Uh, 10 points or something, but the way that BYU has played, been an underdog on the road against Power 5 teams and at home and played well in the last two, I I think it's realistic to think is going to bring it uh, in this game. And Elisa Tuiaki uh, comments on the difference he expects uh, from last year's game to this year's as well.
8: I mean, it's it's the same type of
7: offense. Uh, Scheme-wise, as we look at it, uh, difficult to defend. They do a lot of good things that uh, spread you out uh, in the field in the past game as well as um, just doing a good job, sticking to the run and, and uh, demanding that they run it. And so, uh, I don't, I don't think there's much difference in scheme besides just they do a good job getting their playmakers the ball.
2: Okay, well, we will see what kind of difference there is. Certainly, uh, don't expect 35-7 this year the way BYU is playing. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely be more competitive, or well, at least we're hoping for it. Let's play out both scenarios, Brian. What if BYU wins and what if BYU loses? Well, first and foremost, if they win, Uncle B
1: and Auntie B said that they're going to the club with us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is Spencer, are going to jump around like you did last week? Uh, yeah, Spencer, yep, yep, yep,
1: definitely. Um, but, you know, if, if they win, I think this does a lot more than just confidence. I think this actually is, is confirmation, right? Mm. And the first four games of every football season – you can't really identify who a team is or what they're going to be, you know, as a whole, right? I mean, Utah could lose the rest of their games. We don't really know, and so USC tonight, by the way, and 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 if if uh, well, I'd say after the, after the the four weeks, right? Um, you really start to to know their identity, regardless of the other teams or where the case is. You can say, okay, I know who this team is. I can confirm that these guys are legit. And I think the, the, the confirmation, the confidence continues to ride. And I think you start to look – you've got to
2: think about a magical season, right? If BYU's 3-1, the conversation begins. Yes. In fact, I think there's going to be – if BYU wins, I think there's some near 6 talk. Some dark horse New Year's Six time. There has to. If BYU wins. There has to be. There, there, there has to be, man. And, and I, I still think it'd be early. If BYU survives the first date and they have one loss, now we're now it's legit. Well, well, and think about this. Think about this, right?
1: Tennessee, it's like, well, Tennessee got whooped by some boo-boo, you know, Magoo school, dead. right? Yep. And, then it's, and then you have at USC, you beat SC, and you go, well, but look at what Stanford did. So, so you, there's all these, you know, question marks, which is why I always say after the first four or five games, you, you really know. But – when you, if, you, if they beat Washington, that's all removed. It's all removed. This is, it's confirmed. This is a legit
2: team that can contend. And your only loss would be to a top-ten team in Utah. If Utah can right, exactly. to do this, right? If BYU wins, and they were plus two in turnover margin. At least plus two. Cal was plus two. That, that's how they were able to survive against Washington. Um, Cal outrushed and outpassed Washington on offense. I think BYU will probably need a similar uh, um, game plan, right? So what happens if they lose? If BYU loses, then uh, I'm still happy. We wanted, we wanted two out of the first four. We didn't want three out of the first four. We didn't want four. Those probably weren't realistic. Yeah. Two out of the first four would be a tremendous result. And remember, BYU is this close to being 0-3. I am really happy that BYU got two overtime wins in a row Against Tennessee, which was miraculous, let's be honest. Fourteen seconds left, you throw in the ball. What if we were on three right now? Fifteen. What would you, you do? It'd be tough, right? I would probably be pounding the schedule is too hard thing, right? Yeah. And if BYU survives and goes two and two, fantastic, right? You move on, you continue. Can you get three or four and be, uh, you know, in a good spot going into November, uh, where you have three games to win, probably four there. Um, but if BYU wins, it's going to get crazy. My, my if BYU wins, it's going to get blue goggled crazy. Man, we going to the club. BYU's, BYU's going to be in the top twenty. New go- Year's go- six talk starts. It's gonna be we're going to so be. We going to Baskin BYU BYU. Robbins. I'm about to get. That sounds Choc- yeah. That's that's a crazy night in Provo, Brian. <laughs> Baskin Robbins. Yes, we're getting chocolate wasted. <laughs> <laughs> the best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back.
3: Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Which quarterback needs to
1: have
2: a better game to lead their team in a win? Zach Wilson or Jacob Eason? I think it's Washington's Jacob Eason. Uh, In the two wins, he goes... uh, 349, four touchdowns against Eastern Washington. Against Hawaii, he goes 262, three touchdowns against Hawaii. He was 72 percent or better in both of those games. The one loss is to a good Cal defense. You could argue great, where he only threw for 162 yards, didn't have any touchdown passes, and threw 18 of 30 for 60 percent. Cal drove down and kicked a field goal with eight seconds left to beat Washington. If the BYU defense can prevent Jacob Eason from getting going. And last year BYU did not obviously losing thirty five uh, seven. Jake Browning was twenty three of twenty five last year against BYU. Always if the BYU always if, happens if to if us. The BYU defense can do what they've done the first three games on defense because the offense gave up two pick sixes. I thought the defense was pretty good. Zach Moss ran for a lot of yards, but it, it was hard once the margin was you know twenty three yeah. to three or whatever. I think it's Jacob Eason. I think Jacob Eason's got to beat BYU. I, Zach Wilson hasn't been. Amazing, right? The the first couple of ga- last couple of games, he's had his moments. The throw to Simon, yeah. the run, the throw to Romney and Milne. He's thrown two touchdown passes and two picks in three games. It's not like Zach Wilson is uh, stuffing the stats, but he's made the amount of plays to win. when Bjorn needed it.
1: Yeah, he's 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 done his job when you know when his number is called, and that's all you can ask for for a quarterback. And I think a little bit of last year. Just with him transitioning in, and just the swag and, you know, all the hype around him, we, we probably felt like he was exceeding expectations because of how things were going. And and we kind of, I mean, in my opinion, kind of felt like, you know, he was taking a lot of the team on his back. And come on, let's, let, let's go. Let's go. Let's, you know, hop on me. I don't think he has to do that this year. I think, you know, eventually maybe may, maybe About these first four. He's, it's got to be a he, team. He, situation. It has to be a team, a team win, team effort. Um, I think Jeff Grimes has done a really good job with play calling as well, doing a little bit of razzle-dazzle here and there. It's fun, right? It, Last week was fun. It's, it's fun, man. And, and you can do that when you get turnovers, right? Because as a defensive player, the worst feeling is the in the world is when you're getting stretched by a trainer, or you're trying to get some pickle juice, or whatever the case is, maybe you, maybe you turn into the fans, and you're like, hey, after the game what's up? You know, trying to get a girl's number, whatever the case is. And then you hear pick, yeah. helmet, helmet, where's my helmet at? You're scrambling, and then you get to the field. Your mouthpiece, you've got your mouthpiece. Don't even know where your mouthpiece is at. Chin strap's not on, and then what happens? Snap of the ball. Phoom, long play. Touchdown. Score. That's what happens. And that's why, you know, Jeff Grimes has done a good job. Once they, they there has been turnovers, got to
2: go ahead and take a shot. There's been some creative play calling. that has been really fun. Some balance, more Tyson Wayne. It's been great. This is the best
3: of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Here are what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation.
2: The winningest coach in the game is in studio. Women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead is with us. Heather, great to have you in studio.
9: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
2: You always bring some fresh swag in. So, th- is this the uh, this is new this year? Twenty nineteen yeah, stuff. Got
9: a royal game tonight up at Salt Lake, so gotta wear it while I can. I could
1: probably fit that actually. <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
2: yeah, maybe. That's secret. That's me
1: secretly asking yeah, you to exactly. take that off when you
2: leave. And so, leave it. so you got a rivalry game tonight. Obviously, you'll look ahead to Stanford tomorrow. But uh, these are two really big matches for you in the non-conference.
9: Yeah, we're excited to take our show on the road. We were on the road last weekend. We had a chance to find out a little bit about ourselves because we'd been at home for two weekends in a row. And so I thought we played really well this last weekend and are starting to hit our stride. So it's exciting to see that. The learning and the development and growth from our team as we're on the road, so it'll be good tonight to see where we're at.
1: So, you guys are looking to, to do four in a row over Utah. When I played, and let's talk about and, that and, streak. And, right? with, with, Can we talk about that. One? Yes, that's, a, that's yeah. I, w- I was excited to see you know somebody's doing something great with with <laughs> with, with Utah. When I when I played, it, you know, with Bronco, it was just another game, right? And us as players, like we we knew it wasn't. Um, But still, we kind of had to keep that on the down low or whatnot. Um, How do you feel about that when it comes to to Utah and that rivalry as you're preparing your players?
9: It's a rivalry game. That's just what it is, what you're saying. So we know that. We talk about it. But it also is our next game on our schedule. So if we act like it's something more than it is, it could affect the way we're playing. So we we definitely know it's an important game and a big game, and it's fun. We we know each other. The teams know each other really well. And so we want to go out and play our absolute best. But – uh, we're trying to just get better, and, and that's where we're at in this, this part of our season is let's learn and grow from this, but let's want to win, and we definitely want to do that tonight.
2: Mm. Your team's ranked number 12. You're 7-2. Two. The two losses were to Marquette and Texas, both in the top 10 right now. Um, how do you feel about this group this year?
9: Yeah, this this team so far we've, has done a great job. I think we're, we're learning about each other. We're still forming. We're still developing roles. We'll, we're still learning about each other. Um, it's just been over a month that we've been together, so uh, I think – what we've done so far is is get to know each other and and fight through every match, and it's been fun to to see them play together and, and see what this team's going to look like in December is going to be pretty interesting.
1: In, in your years of coaching, have you thought of strategies to gel the team together, like more off field, you know, or off court um, scenarios? I don't know, like sleepovers or yeah.
9: You're always trying to. Not really reinvent the wheel, because you want to do things that work, but just always trying to figure out this year's team. What does this year's team need? Because they're always different and year to year. And we had so many new players this year that we had to figure out uh, the fastest way we could gel. And, and a lot of that happened over the summer.
2: And did you uh, did you float the Provo River? I think was one of the activities. That that all matters, right? Oh yeah, Yeah. it's a
9: great activity to just be together. And you know, some people have fear of the rapids, and you're you know teasing them, and you're having fun, and everybody overcomes it, and it's like, yeah, we just did that together. And I mean, I know it's that's
2: just a taste of the season,
9: right? Just just a little bit. So we
2: we did
1: that my senior year, and uh, during camp, and we actually got to vote on watching a movie. Or doing the river, and everybody did the river. I don't know why. Which is <laughs> fun. Dumb stand awesome. <laughs> Your boat was clear. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so mad. Uh, anywho, it was it was raining. It was cold, which is rare. It flooded when it was raining. Yeah, it was it was yeah. That made it ten times worse of why yeah, they boat. Anyway, um, everybody you know kind of ran out and we put you know our, our toes in because it was freezing. And Bronco just came and jetted and jumped in and.
9: We were like, oh, okay, let's go go ahead and do it. Let's follow the leader. Have have you done something like that? I get it. So they get tubes and I get a kayak because I like to be able to maneuver close to them and then splash them.
1: (laughs) You have that
2: opportunity. Talking with Heather Olmstead, the women's volleyball coach here at BYU. Cougars ranked number 12, playing Utah tonight. Uh, McKenna Miller uh, suffered a season-ending knee injury last year. She's the leader in kills and kills per set right now. How's her recovery and uh, leadership been on this team?
9: McKenna's doing a fantastic job. On and off the court, leading this team, and she's just been so resilient. And with her overcoming injury, and she's like you said, our kill leader. She's doing everything she can to take the opportunity to just really enjoy playing volleyball again, since she missed out on some of it last year. And she really understands that you know this is her last go, and she wants to be the best possible version of herself for this team.
1: So you had a couple of players who got to experience, um, you know, opportunities to play with the national team. What have you seen uh, that's been different from? Uh, you know, maybe the impact of that play?
9: Yeah, Mary, Kennedy, and Heather, we, I asked them when they came back to teach our team and present to us what they learned. And so they had to really articulate what it is they experienced, what they learned, how that changed them as a person wow, and what that meant coach. for them going forward. So when you can hear that and they can articulate that, then you know you've actually learned and grown from that experience. And so they, were, they did a great job teaching us and, and you can see it in the way they play, the way they prepare, and the way that they really... Came back with a love for BYU. That was probably one of the coolest things to hear, how much they love BYU and appreciate the f- opportunity to be here and play.
2: And there've been some cool videos that have come out with uh, Mary Lake and others, kind of chronicling that, which has been pretty cool. Uh, you mentioned some of the youth of the team, the new players. Uh, Winnie Bauer, the setter, is a, a freshman. Team high 21 aces. What is it about that that, uh, serve? And I guess uh, being a freshman starting right away.
9: Yeah. Winnie's done a great job. She's like a sponge right now, just soaking up every little tidbit we can give her. She wants to learn and grow. She's she's humble. She's hardworking. She's got great energy. And so she's just doing a great job, um, you know, doing whatever she can to support the team in whatever role that is. And right now she's got her serve going. And so that's exciting for her. And um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is about it, but it's pretty good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, but uh. there's some special sauce to it.
9: She she works hard, and she works hard at at making sure she's able to serve, you know, at the right times and and help our team score points.
2: And how tall is she again?
9: She's five eight. So yeah. it
2: doesn't make you can be a little shorter and have a wicked
9: serve. Absolutely. in the game, right? Yeah, Absolutely. she's a lefty. That's a little different, different look for people. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know that that's you know the determining factor, but she definitely takes advantage of that
1: it's it's always harder when i think in any sport you know catching a football obviously trying to hit um a pitch you know from the yeah. lefties so, from a left for yeah. whatever reason right for for whatever reason like my like my son right now my three year old he is using his left a lot more, so anytime he has his right i, I you know drop the ball. If he has a crayon, I'm like, no, left. You want him to be left-handed? Oh, totally, man. Especially being a pitcher. I'm just trying to retire. Pitcher, setter. For sure. There's there's
2: certain
9: We we haven't had a lefty since Heather Hanneman, so I'm like, I'm left-handed. Yeah, so I just, yes, we got a lefty. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And Kate Grimmer's a lefty, so we have two. Okay. So I waited years to have two in one year.
2: Would you ever recruit a player because they're left-handed?
9: Uh, Yeah, it's definitely advantageous. So I think it's definitely I mean, opposite. It's advantageous to be left-handed. And, of course, tonight Utah has two lefties on their team, both playing.
2: Okay. Uh, What's the reaction, by the way, been like to your deep blue piece? That was an incredible story that I I had no idea about. I
9: learned a ton. It's been humbling. I thought BYU TV and Michael Dunn and Travis Moore did an incredible job telling our family story. And to hear from people who... You know, know us don't know us and just tell us how it's affected them and inspired them i mean that's what it's all about we wanted to be able to tell my mom's story because it really was her story of of courage and faith and again i'm humbled at the response and i'm grateful that we got to tell tell the world
2: yeah. and and it was so well done as you mentioned yeah. travis moore did such a good job with that and uh continued with other i guess football stories for now we're going to tell a lot of great stories yep. but uh i think we kind of peaked on the first one We'll be
3: right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday.
0: It's time for BYU Sports Nation All Access One-on-One. Jerem Jordan with BYU defensive lineman Lorenzo Fawatea who had a coming out party against USC. Here we go.
2: All right, Zo. how was uh, how was the post-game for USC? As soon as it's reviewed and it's a win, what was that like?
8: Um, it was new. It was different. I've never had uh, a crowd storm the field like that. Um, it was great, you know, the feeling just to have the fans, you know, be a part of, of our victory as well. Um, it was good, but I rushed off, you know, I had to go find my parents. I wanted to celebrate with my parents, so – so, yeah, I had to rush off the field. And everybody I had to tighten up my chin strap too because well, my chin strap was loose at the beginning and everybody ran on and everybody was hitting my helmet. And it kept on turning and turning. I was like, oh, shoot. I gotta. So it was like a game. I buckled, I strapped it up, buckled, tightened it, and then I tried to walk off to find my parents. But it was great. It was amazing.
2: At least you had your helmet. Tyson Williams said he lost his helmet.
8: Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, right when, right when they said it, uh, it stood, the call stood, I put my helmet on and then I went on about there.
2: What was that like to two weeks in a row go to OT and win that game against a notable program?
8: Um, You know, it was great. Although, yeah, we want to win within uh, regular regulation. But um, I thought it was really good for us to – I think it was a test. USC, it was a test for us to see if we're really, you know, that team that can get it done in, like, hard times like this. And a national team – against a national team and on a national stage. So – it was a really great atmosphere, and um, I think that our team, we proved ourselves, and we'll continue to prove ourselves throughout the season.
2: What was it like during the week knowing, okay, our game plan's going to be to drop eight a lot, make a freshman quarterback in his first road start, make a play. You're one of those three. Okay, how are we going to get a, a pass rush? Yet, you guys did a lot of times.
8: Yeah, well, you know, um, just coming off of our coach's game plan, just trusting in what Tuyaki has been, uh, installed for us, um, Challenging, challenging our D line to get a three-man rush and get pressure off our three-man rush. I think it was great. You know, I felt like for us as a D line, we accepted that challenge and we fulfilled it within most part of the game. And um, dropping eight and having our linebackers and corners and safeties cover and you know, creating turnovers. I think it was a great uh, Just trusting in our coaches and it was, just, it was just all good all around.
2: Physically, how do you feel after three tough games against really good competition?
8: I, I feel good. You know. After Tennessee, I was hurting a little bit, but after USC and the victory, man, I, I feel really good, you know. <laughs> Body feels good. Yeah, it's beaten up, but, you know, I'm ready to roll for the next season, so, yeah.
2: What do you think you guys have uh, proven or, or done through three games, winning two games in overtime, playing three P5s, going out on the road, playing two at home, right? What, how do you feel like this team's developed so far?
8: Um, we're, we're coming closer to finding, like, who we really are, you know, like, I feel like we know who we are and we're playing um, according to ourselves and, and just just executing off of our plays and everything that we have going on for us. Is just, I think coming that would be a real big factor throughout the rest of the season. So yeah.
2: What's it like uh, when you turn around and you see, oh, an interception, another interception, and then to end the game, another interception?
8: Yeah. Uh, it's great, man. Once you get an interception, all you want to do is just turn around and look for the next guy you have to block, and you turn into an offensive player. So now you know. Um, what an offensive player feels like on the field but it feels good because um, when when you see one of your teammates uh, create a turnover and get an interception you feel like like you, were, you had a part of that so it was really good. So, yeah.
2: I would assume that defensive players practice returning fumbles and interceptions is that an accurate assessment do you guys yeah. practice that?
8: Yeah we practice that within um, if we get an interception then everybody turns around and you know find the nearest man and cover the nearest man, find the quarterback. because
2: Find the quarterback, right?
8: We, on the D-line, we're supposed to find the quarterback and make sure we seal him off. So if if uh, if Diane gets a pick and returns, it gets past the o lineman we make sure we, we got the quarterback.
2: Well, one, because you want to hit the quarterback, right?
8: Yeah. So one, <laughs> we, want, we want to hit the quarterback.
2: I would assume that offensive players don't practice as much, okay, we turn it over, and we have to defend that. Does that happen? I, I feel like you guys are in, at a big advantage in that moment. Yeah, we
8: I've never seen the offense um, uh, practice a turnover. Um,
2: It feels weird, right? But, like, how would they defend it is the question, I guess.
8: Um, I guess if the offense threw a turnover, then I guess the QB got to be a safety and everybody else got to go. Find the quarterback. Yeah, find the quarterback. So, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it.
2: Did you notice the sky cam at all? Because that that was unique, that camera that was over the field.
8: Yeah, pregame when we were doing the cougar walk, uh, we walked through the field. And then all you see, the camera was, it was low at the time when we were walking through the field pregame. And then we noticed that. And then, and then in my head, I was like, dang, I only saw this on TV, you know, mm-hmm. like like dude, going behind the QB and everything. So I thought it was really cool.
2: It's going to be up for the Washington game. So if you make a great play, you should go right at Skycam. Oh, Just okay. point right at Skycam.
8: Right, next time I'll point at the Skycam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try make sure I find it before it's over my head. <laughs> <looking> around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll find it. <laughs>
2: The D-line had a tremendous day. You had a good day. Kairos Tonga was fantastic. You've talked about uh, your relationship with Kairos as a mentor. You went to rival high schools. Um, What what was it like for you to team up with him and have a really good day in the backfield?
8: Um, It's really like a a dream come true for both of us, you know, both of us coming from um, the same city, uh, grew up around the same area, and just both being at a D-1, you know, a a prestigious university and – I think it's just a dream come true just to play with each other and just to know that every time we're on the field we always tell each other like for our city and we're like yep for our city so um it's a dream come true because you know not a lot of kids from our city comes out and gets to play division one football and gets to be put on a national stage like that so that's a dream come true and it's it's something that i want to instill for the younger generations of kids that are at hunter and granger to continue that yeah you can make it out here and Become part of, you know, ABC and be on TV and everything. West Valley? West Valley, yeah, West Valley.
2: Valley Fair Mall, is that the spot?
8: Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the <a> spot, man.
2: I'm <laughs> from West Jordan, yeah, I, I know, I know. Trust me, I was, I was uh, always interested in when Copper Hills played Hunter and Granger. It was, I got out of there a little quicker after yeah, those yeah. games, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about this Washington Husky team, uh, team in the top 25, a team that you played last year, Revenge on the Mind, uh, next power five I guess what's going through your mind
8: um to me I just want to like personally I just want to think of it as just another game you know it's the next one up and uh, it's a great team they're a good team and um you know it's something that we've never seen before but um we can you know we can do it you know like just put our minds to it practice you know trust in, trust each other and just you know we can do it that's' that 's that's all that 's going on in my mind
2: if I told you right now you'd go into overtime would you take it
8: I'll take it. I'll take it. Three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row, man. Three, you know, three is a lucky number. So if we go three in a row, then we got it.
2: Okay. Well, let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. That's like good luck. Yeah. At least one sack for you. You'll point up at the Skycam, and uh, good luck against the Huskies.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Go Cougs, man. Go Cougs. Lorenzo Falatea, a man full of
2: joy. He's awesome. He had that, he had that uh, forced fumble. Uh, against USC, a guy that's getting better, right? Went against Tonga in high school. Pretty uh, fun rivalry there. With yeah, the uh, turnover and margin could
0: have been plus four because the ball was on the field. It felt for like ten seconds.
2: Yeah, if, if BYU picks that up, they're not going to OT. <sighs> he was winning that game Woo! in regulation. They did win the game. Yeah, so great kid.
3: BYU Sports Nation presents. Between the Lines.
9: I'm here with Jake Oldroyd, the kicker and punter of the BYU football team. He's having a phenomenal season so far, but we want to go around campus to see how many of these students actually know who he is. We're going to go undercover. Are you ready?
10: Yes, ma'am. 32-yard try for Oldroyd. And it's good. How's it going,
11: man? You look like a football fan. Yes, sir. Excuse me, Ladies. Did I grab a minute of your time? Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Do you mind if I sit in between you guys real quick? Awesome. Excuse me, yeah, perfect. My name's Johnny Linehan, I'm with BYU TV. Um We just wanted to grab a couple of your thoughts from the game last Saturday. It was crazy. And did you guys see the USC game? We did, yeah. What were your thoughts? It was a big win, right? Um, yeah, surprised a little bit. You did have, it was surprised. a big win? I'm Looks a like Utah we're fan, so. I'm a Utah fan. <laughs> okay, <A-O. laughs> so I'm going to be talking okay. to you, Rochelle, for the <laughs> remainder of this interview. That's okay. just ignore him. Did you watch the BYU-USC football game? Yeah, I was there. Did you storm the field at the end of the game? Yeah, yeah. How was that? I've I've never been a part of anything like that. It was pretty okay. crazy. Super
6: exciting. I
11: mean, high five, Zach Wilson. Um. Never wash that hand again. That's <laughs> yeah. sacred.
0: Um, it was a good win. You know, we pulled it out in the end. It looked, it looked a little shaky after that first USC drive, but uh, the defense came up big with some picks.
11: You know, we actually have a team, which is nice. Yeah. I just wish we'd <laughs> played that well against Utah. Believe it or not, we've always had a team. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, with regards to BYU special teams?
9: I really don't know a lot about that,
0: honestly.
11: A whole lot. Yeah, most people don't really realize that you know special teams is one of the most integral parts of uh, every football game. I mean, we have a kicker finally, so that's really exciting. Uh, you, do you know his name? I actually don't. Do you guys know anything about the kicker punter? I think his name's Jake.
9: Not personally. Sorry.
11: Shoot. It's okay. Usually, he's always wearing a helmet. So, What about the name uh, Jake Oldroyd? Does that ring any bells for you?
12: Yes. He's the punter, kicker.
11: Both, actually. Wow. Good for you. Did you know that, David? Or? Sure did. You just, you just know the Utah <laughs> kickers? He went three for
0: four on field goals. I mean, I'll take that any day. Honestly, I've been really impressed with our kicker, especially with that last kick in overtime. I was really worried. It was, you know, going a little out, but he
11: pulled it through. Put a little bit of a draw on it. It looked like he kind of did that on purpose.
9: He kicked, like, a 43-yard field goal. (laughs) Hey,
11: that's pretty good. Most people wouldn't know that. Have you heard of any of the nicknames that that people have been giving him? that's been kind of a hot topic lately?
1: No, I haven't, actually. What are they?
11: Um, Jake the Make. Goldroid. Ice Coldroid. Goldroid. Swoldroid. Whatever you want that rhymes with
0: droid. I think I've heard Golderoid as well I think that one's pretty sick
11: Goldroid, that's pretty dope, yeah Jake the Make doesn't really roll off the tongue quite as well Swoldroid. I can go all day I don't really like any of them Thanks for your time, man My name's Jake Goldroid. (laughs) You're you're Jake (laughs) Golderoid Nice to meet you too Brigham Brigham. That's right, okay Jake, yeah
5: Jake
11: the (laughs) Jake (laughs) Oldroyd, that's (laughs) right. Great game, man. That was good. (laughs) My name's Jake Oldroyd. Nice to meet (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
12: you.
11: Yeah, thanks guys. My name's Jake Oldroyd. Nice
7: (laughs) to
9: meet (laughs) you. Oh, it.
11: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess you do know who I am.
9: I know exactly who you are. I watched your first kick. I was so excited.
11: First kick, as in like of this year, or
9: when you were a freshman and had your green shoes.
11: She knows. (laughs) Yes, love it. All right, thanks. (laughs) Really appreciate it.
9: Jake, I'm pretty sure you just met your your biggest fan ever, Sydney.
11: <laughs> that was awesome. First person that had reacted like that of everybody that we talked to today. But
9: So you mentioned a bunch of your nicknames. Which one do you actually like of all those?
11: On the record, I don't like Jake the Make, and I've never liked Jake the Make. Who
9: made up Jake the Make? Do you know? I think
11: Greg Rebell, first, when he called my first game, said it. But no, no offense to Greg. No offense, Greg. No. I don't really feel like I need a nickname, but if I had to pick one. I like Ice Coldroid. Um... The strength coaches have called me Swole Droid for a while, but I don't know if that needs to leave the weight room.
9: <laughs> What's your one final message to the fans?
11: The fans are loyal. Like the the people that we've talked to so far have been great. I, you know, really appreciate the the student section. They come out every week, and we hear them. So keep coming,
5: and we're excited to hear them on Saturday.
0: All right, go Cougs. Go Cougs.
5: Jake, <laughs> ice coldroid. I'm surprised that's the one he... I, we were under the impression from uh, Mama Ice Coldroid that he liked Goldroid. He likes Ice Coldroid, okay, which well, is my favorite for the record. I, I was kind of going with Goldroid. Okay. He's really funny. He oh is really funny. Well done, Jake. And, and to be able to throw the shade at the Ute fan in there, I'm going to talk to her, that was great.
3: <laughs> that's really fun. <laughs> Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. With so much talk about the first four
5: games of the season, we've done a couple of shows on that. Uh, most believed that for BYU to reach that 8 wins or better mark this season, they were going to have to start at least 2 and 2 in the first four games against the P5 teams. Well, at 2 and 1, that has already happened. <laughs> so, Spencer's BYU playing with house money on Saturday against Washington. Absolutely.
0: Unequivocally really? yes. BYU is playing with house money on Saturday. Are you surprised? I am a little surprised you're going this way. BYU is absolutely playing with house money on Saturday. Who expected BYU to go two and one in the first three? Like what credible national expert said, Yep, BYU's winning two of the no, first no, no. three markets? But,
5: Mark it but down. right now, after You you go ahead and finish. I've got my ideas on this.
0: Yes, BYU is playing with house money, and this is to their advantage. BYU should play loose because of this dynamic. They're a five and a half point underdog to a really good twenty second ranked Washington team. The Huskies are expected to win. I love this scenario. Game day is going to come on, and all four of the analysts are going to pick Washington to beat BYU again because that's what happens, and BYU should take the same mentality that they have into the Tennessee game and the USC game and even the Utah game, for that matter, as a clear underdog. Yes, BYU has already exceeded expectations in the first three. They should play with house money. And listen to this. If Washington does win, great. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, they're supposed to win the game. Five-and-a-half point favorite. Yeah, they're the defending Pac-12 champions. If they lose, then BYU's story as the national surprise continues. Yeah. They, they become an overnight darling at 3-1 and one and get into the top 20, and then the conversation begins, well, if BYU beats USC and Washington and Tennessee all in a row, who's going to beat the Cougars the rest of the season? Then it becomes a huge
5: story. I understand what people were saying before my point is now, at two and one i i don 't think that you are playing with house money what that, that is a luxury that fans and media can have. the team can 't have that because here 's how I would interpret playing with house money that the edge is off like that we don 't need this like we've we 've already done we 're satisfied. That's not how I view this BYU team, and that's not how they view this Washington game. That's how I look at the term playing with house money is that they don't feel they need it, that they've already done something. That's not how this team is looking at it. They absolutely believe that they are going to go out and beat Washington this week. And I think especially with the way they've been playing and the types of games they've won, the way they won at Tennessee, the way they were just fighting tooth and nail last week against USC, I think that lends for them to be even more hungry against Washington to keep this thing going. So when I think of playing with house money, I look at that as being satisfied and This BYU team is not satisfied. See, I don't view it as a complacency thing at all. See, I view
0: it as that, and that's why I'm saying BYU absolutely is not that. They are not complacent. No, I am taking this literally to the bank. If I'm a BYU (laughs) coach, I'm in all of my players' ears saying, they still don't believe in you. They still think you're an underdog. It doesn't matter that you won at Tennessee. It doesn't matter they beat USC. They think you're a fluke. I am plugging that, playing that all week long in my players' ears. Oh, so it's interesting that you take – That house money definition, a very, very different direction. I don't think it's complacent at all. I just think they can play loose. The pressure's off. Pressure's off.
2: Our next guest is the last non-Power 5 winner of the Heisman Trophy, a man I've tried to impersonate, and he's (laughs) back on BYU Sports Nation today. He is Ty Detmer on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Ty, it's great to talk to you. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation.
10: Appreciate it. Good to be on with you.
2: How do we know this is not me recording this (laughs) earlier? We don't. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to run out the flag this weekend, and it's a very exciting situation. It's going to be great to have you back on campus. Um, What have the last, I guess, year and a half, two years been like for you as now you return to BYU?
10: Well, it's been good. uh, We moved to Arizona, living down in Gilbert, and uh, we've uh, enjoyed the the winters down here summers are a little warm, but i've um, been able to spend a little more time at the ranch and uh, got a grandson that 's eleven months old, so been able to spend spend more time with the family and, and uh, just kind of catch our breath here and, and uh, see what 's next
1: so ty we just had uh, you know Dewey on i 'm not sure if you heard the the conversation, but you know as d b s are um, we always love to go a little bit extra and, and, and above and beyond with swag. And he said he was going to wear cleats. He was going to try to run a 4-4. Do you have anything like that planned and scheduled when you run out uh, the flag to kind of compete uh, with that type of swag?
10: I'm just glad uh, Mo, Elo, and Eby will be there so that I'll have somebody to run with. So, uh, I'll probably be in my jeans and boots and we'll nice little slow home run trot. it will probably be my, more my speed.
2: <laughs> that'll be awesome um, and the, the three of you were teammates and there were some incredible teams namely the 90 team I mean that's a team that's obviously beats Miami and you and the Heisman I, I think people forget you're in the top 10 for nine weeks that year that was just such a special season what do you remember about that year in particular um, that made it so special
10: well, we had a, a good group coming back from the year before. So we had a lot of experience, uh, a lot of guys that had uh, played together for several years, and uh, the camaraderie we had with each other. Um, I think, you know, that's what teams are made of, you know, the, the good teams, anyway, the guys that have been there together, battled through, you know, situations, and finally you kind of get to a year where everything's right, you know, and, and the guys have been there and stayed healthy and and uh it was a lot of fun. You know, we had obviously beat Miami um early in the year and kinda of set the stage for the rest of the season and and but more than anything just the the camaraderie we had as as a team and the confidence you went out with every week.
2: People forget the next week you play Washington State, and there's some massive. You're trailing in in the second half or something by some large margin to make like this epic comeback. Can you remind me and everyone else kind of what that game was like? As you needed a an incredible comeback to beat uh, Wazoo the next week.
10: Yeah, that was actually I I felt like a bigger win because you know you you have the letdown coming off the of Miami win and you start thinking you're really good, and then uh, you got Washington State coming in. that – had some firepower on offense, and uh, and so, you know, we get in that game, and we're doing everything wrong. I think I had a pick six early, and, and uh, just, I mean, everything's going their way, and we can't do anything right, and then, and then it come out, and Lavelle kind of got into us at the halftime a little bit, and uh, we went out, and defense started getting stops, and we started scoring some touchdowns, and it just, I mean, the momentum, totally flipped from one half to the other. And and, uh, that was a big win for us, I felt like, because, you know, that kind of woke us up. And then we kind of went on a roll there for for a few weeks after that.
1: Ty, you know, you you talked about having just the relationships and uh, just the team chemistry that that really helped you guys push through those moments. And I've kind of noticed that this year compared to last and a couple other years with with BYU – um, and really being able to push through the second, you know, or two overtimes uh, with Tennessee and then overtime last week with, with USC. Um, you know, what have you, your thoughts been on this BYU team being able to battle through adversity?
10: Well, they've shown a, a lot of poise for the last couple of weeks, I think, uh, hanging in there and, and coming from behind and then, uh, you know, just, just hanging in the game when, when maybe. Uh, you know, when the team was younger, they, they've got guys now with some experience, and and have been in there playing for you know a couple of years together now. Uh, so some of that experience and taking your lumps when you're freshmen and sophomores is starting to show show itself now. You know, they're they're hanging in there. They they're more mature, got a little more confidence, and and have uh, just really shown a lot of poise at the end of games to to not allow maybe a negative situation. Compound itself, you know. They've they've taken those things and and got past them and and went on to win the game. So, um, it it shows now the the confidence they have, and I, I think it's you know a team that never feels like they're out of it, that they can always be in the game and and always have a chance to win at the end. We're
2: talking with Ty Detmer on BOE Sports Nation, Ty certainly the way it ended with BOE wasn't what you wanted. Hopefully, you could have had a long stretch there as the offensive coordinator, uh, but what. What's it like to come back and what's your relationship like with BYU right now?
10: Well, I'm excited to be back. Uh, you know, see see the coaches, you know, you spend a lot of time with guys, uh, especially in the coaching profession and and form those friendships and so, you know, we we've, we've stayed in touch over the last year and uh either through text or phone calls or whatever and uh, you know, so looking forward to to getting back and and uh, being a part of the celebration on Saturday and seeing Derwin and, and Mo and Jason Buck and, and uh, getting to spend a little time, share some stories with them. And so, you know, I've, I've always had a good relationship with BYU. It'll always been a special place for me, and, and uh, I'm excited to be back and be a part of it.
1: So let's let's talk about Zach Wilson and, and quarterback play. Um, what have your your thoughts been on Zach so far this season?
10: Zach's playing great. You know, I think he's gotten better each week. Um, you know re- rehabbing a, an injury and missing a spring ball um i think it shows you know it kind of it takes him takes you a little bit to get back into uh, the playing mode and uh i know the expectations were <laughs> through the roof for him coming in which probably not fair to him with just uh just having six six or seven starts under his belt but um you know he's done a great job of, of making plays on his own and, and using his legs to either buy time or to go get a first down himself, and and uh, you know that's that's a big attribute that he has that he can he can take it and, and go do something if the play's not there. And so uh, I think he's played really well and he's kept his team in it. And, and uh, you know the the Utah game was obviously a rough start, but um, he's really done a great job of just going back to work and putting his head down and, and hanging in there and and uh, made a lot of plays the last couple of games to, to help him win the game.
2: One fun thing with uh, chatting with former players is hearing stories and, and things we didn't know in certain situations, right? So last week, BYU has a uh, field storm after the game. Obviously, after the Miami game, all 120,000 people who claimed they were there uh, were on the field. <laughs> <laughs> right. What what happened in that field storm for you? Did you have your helmet on? Did did you get banged up at all?
10: Did you crowd surf? What was that like? So I uh, I probably I think I did have my helmet on and uh, and my biggest concern was man I'm going to get stuck out on the field and not get back to the locker room to hear Lavell's, you know post game speech and so I better I better hurry and get in there so I kind of fought my way to the railing there behind the bench and shimmy down the railing and I get up and I, I get up into the tunnel and I run in the locker room and all excited. And I was the only one in there. And so it's like You can't go fight your way back. You know, it's like, <laughs> that, that looked weird. Like coming from the outside in, you know, so, I sat in there probably for five minutes all by myself. Like, you know, I probably could have stayed on the field a little longer, and Lavelle probably wouldn't have been mad. So it's had I, had I come in late. So, um, that was, yeah, that was my post game celebration. Was trying to get in there so Lavelle wouldn't be mad at me for being late to his post game. <laughs> I'm, did, I'm did trying you, so hard to, <laughs> not to laugh. My cheeks hurt so bad. Did
2: you did you come back oh, out? Man. Did people start coming in? What happened?
10: No, and people started filing in, but it was, like, one at a time, you know. It wasn't, like, the whole group. It was like, what, are, like, you doing what here? are you doing here, So then I'm like, hey, I, I was the welcoming committee as people came in, just kind of high-fiving everybody one at a time. So it was uh, it was pretty funny. But, you know, you look back like, yeah, I probably could have celebrated that one a little more with the group.
2: <laughs> yeah, more of the story, stand on the field. It's all good. Uh, let's finish with this. Yeah. Taysom Hill could get to start. If he doesn't get to start, he probably will at some point in the next couple of weeks with the saints. Uh, what do you think of his opportunity with new Orleans, with drew Brees out with an injury?
10: Well, I think it's, you know, he's got a great opportunity to, to I don't know if they'll have, you know, kind of QB one, a QB one B and, and rotate them or have some packages for Taysom uh, more so than they did when drew was even in there. Um, or what that'll look like but you know i I know for him this is uh his ultimate goal is to be the starting quarterback in the nfl and i know he's fine being the swiss army knife but at the same time he wants to be the guy and prove that he can so this would be a great opportunity for him if he does get some time to to do that um you know i was a little worried last week when he was playing a lot of receiver at the end of the game for Bridgewater. And I'm like, man, you know, are they planning on using him next week? Because they're throwing him a few balls here, and what if he gets hurt? Now what? You know, so uh, I'm sure they've got a plan in place to uh, get him the ball and and, uh, have him be a part of it. I I would think, you know, they they would have – more more packages for him, more opportunities for him to, to play quarterback and not so much maybe some of the other positions. So I know he's valuable to him, on, to him on special teams and those things, but it might be time to just have him focus on quarterback a little bit and, and uh, be a great opportunity. Well, Ty, it was great to catch up. That was an
2: amazing story. We're That's really excited right. to have you back in town and run out the flag. We'll hear from you again tomorrow on Countdown to kick off with uh, Dave and Blaine there, but – Thanks for the time, and it was great to catch up. You bet. Good talking to you guys, too.
3: The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. BYU freshman
0: linebacker Peyton Wilgar got the fans excited against USC with One of the more notable plays against the Trojans, a full-on extension interception. I discussed that and much more, including how he almost didn't come to BYU. And he was in the transfer portal at one point. One-on-one BYU Sports Nation All Access with Peyton Wilgar. Peyton, I'm having visions of you doing a full extension and coming up with one of the more notable interceptions that I can remember in BYU football recent history. Walk us through that play and what happened against USC.
12: Um, Yeah, so first off, i got to give credit to the scout team and and Coach Lamb. You know, they prepared us all week, gave us a great look. And so they came out in spread doubles, and I think it was like third and six. So they came out in spread doubles, and they motioned the boundary slot over to spread trips, and right then I knew I was going to have a chance to make a play because I'm sure they were going to run slants or some hitches at the stick. So they hiked the ball, and I saw the quarterback look directly to his right, and I was sliding out to my coverage, and I saw him throw, and I just made a play on the ball. So, I mean, that's all it really was. So,
0: You knew it was a catch immediately, though? There was no review necessary?
12: Yeah, I didn't even know they were reviewing it. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I thought I made a good play on the ball, and so I just was celebrating with my teammates, and I went over to the bench, and I looked up, and I saw that they reviewed it, and, and it stood. So that uh, made me really happy. <laughs>
0: What was the message from your teammates and uh, your coaches when you got back to the sideline, knowing that you guys needed to play in the worst way in that moment?
12: Yeah, they were just super excited for me, happy for me, and, you know, I'm just grateful that my teammates trusted me, you know, and just to do my job, I trust them to do theirs. So, I mean, that's all it really was. You have an emerging role in this defense uh,
0: for whatever the reason. Uh, You you made a name for yourself in fall camp, and then the linebackers have been banged up a little bit. So, I mean, if I told you this time last year that you were going to be basically starting and playing that much against USC, what would you have thought of that?
12: Honestly, I, I mean, I wouldn't really believe it. You know, it's a dream come true to, to play in a big game like that, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I had. And so, yeah, if you told me that, I probably would not believe you. What
0: does a win like that do for you individually in your confidence and the process moving
12: forward? Yeah, it gives me a lot of confidence, really. I mean, and also with my teammates trusting me, that gives me more confidence, too, to just go out and do my job and trust that they do theirs. What was the scheme
0: against USC? Because dropping eight and only rushing three, yet you're still getting to the quarterback. Like, what, what was the plan? Walk us through that.
12: Yeah, so we knew they were an air raid team, so we knew they were going to come out passing. And we just, we just trust in our D-line. You know, they're going to get pressure. They're, they're great up there. And so we felt like we could drop eight and cause some problems, and then that's what we did.
0: You've seen the film. Where do you feel like you and the linebackers specifically need to get better?
12: Um, We can always improve on everything, really, pass and and run game and all that, our our alignment and techniques, those towards the end of the game, they kind of got a little messed up, you know, with fatigue and stuff. So we can always improve on really everything. Now what's crazy is you beat
0: Tennessee on the road. You come home and you handle 24th ranked USC. You turn around the next week and here comes number 22 Washington, the defending Pac 12 champions. What do you know about Washington after watching film?
12: You know they're a great team. We're going to come out just treating it like another game. They'll prepare like like nothing happened. Doesn't matter if we beat USC. We're coming out. You know we know they're a good team and we're just going to give them our best.
0: What are your responsibilities and and who else is going to be in that linebacking core with you this Saturday?
12: Yeah, I'm not sure. You'll have to ask coach. We got, we, we're going to try to get some guys healing up and stuff, so that's really a coach uh, question for a coach. You know. Where would you prefer to play? What's your favorite linebacker position? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, I played outside in high school, outside linebacker my senior year, and I kind of enjoy it more, a little bit. It's a little like you got more space. You don't have to deal with the big guys as much, but I, I really enjoy the Jack linebacker position too, so that's tough. But if I had to choose, probably outside. Walk us through your timeline of when you decided on BYU and since that time to now, this day.: So it's always been a dream to mine to come to BYU. My dad played here in the '70s, and so that was always my goal, you know. And then coming out of high school, I didn't have an offer here. you know, I just had a few smaller schools, but luckily great, I'm grateful they gave me a preferred walk- on spot, so I, I took it and I came here, and it, it got a little tough in the fall, so I ended up trying to transfer. And luckily, uh, Coach Tuiaki extended a scholarship for me in the spring, and, and I, there was no question I was coming back. Wow. And if it wasn't BYU and you were going to transfer, what, what was the second-place school? Honestly, just anywhere I could get a scholarship, you know, that that's that was where I was going to go.
0: So really, when I told you that you would be playing USC and coming with that interception, that, there's more to
12: that story. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Well, okay, so you look at where you are now. What's the ceiling for a guy like Peyton Wilgar? I don't know
12: yeah that's tough but yeah yeah
0: what does this defense need to do to get better as a whole unit
12: because I mean you're you're coming off a game where you're plus three in turnover margin yeah just just trust everyone to do their job if everyone does their jobs I think we'll make a lot of plays cost some turnovers and, and everything else
0: who deserves the title of uh practice clown
12: or class clown on this BYU defense Oh, man. I don't know. We all, like, we focus on just in practice having fun. You know, it makes practice go by faster. You celebrate the little victories, the little details. So, really, everyone's out here having fun, and we just enjoy everyone. Ed
0: Lamb is an outstanding coach um, and one of our favorites on BYU Sports Nation. Just because of his
12: attention to detail, what's the number one thing you think you've learned from Ed Lamb? Just to do the small things correctly. Alignment, uh, technique, and all that. He, he, he really preaches that stuff, and it, it matters. It really does.
0: How much did the crowd impact what happened last Saturday against USC?
12: Oh, they were amazing. You know, just having them there, just helping out, making it cause problems for the offense with their snaps and, and they're trying to hear the quarterback and all that. So they were amazing. They are awesome. And how would you sum up uh, just the feelings that you have to go play USC and now Washington back-to-back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? I'm beyond excited. I'm so, so excited to get out there again and just play with my brothers, you know, and, and try to make plays.
0: Or can we expect another full extension uh, type interception on Saturday?
12: I, I don't know. I'll do whatever I can. You know, that was just instinct. And so if I get the opportunity, I'll, I'll make the most of it.
0: Well, you have the BYU Sports Nation karma now. And if you're not familiar with that, when you come on the show, we interview you. You're already a good player, and that's why we're talking to you amazingly. Um, but you had that, just that little bit of extra push, that karma push, to go out and do well. So we wish you the best of luck, Peyton. So much. I appreciate that. Peyton Wilgar. Isn't everybody happy to have him at BYU
3: now? What a great story. That's an awesome story. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear and catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.